Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So the ADP jobs numbers out today, and they completely blew away market expectations. Let's get right over to CNBC. Check this out. Let's go over the data and try to connect some dots. Title, private sector companies added 497,000 jobs in June, more than double the expectations according to the ADP. Now, I guess the official jobs numbers come out tomorrow, but uh, so far, this is looking like a complete blowout. Key talking points, private sector surge 497, well ahead of this 267,000 gain in May and much better than the 200,000, uh, 220,000 estimate. Leisure and hospitality led the way, as you would expect, 232,000 new hires, followed by construction and trade transportation utilities at 90,000. So this, first of all, this goes right back to what we've been talking about on this channel, that you have this very weird circular economy with young people, that you took away the majority of their expenses and you increased their average hourly wages substantially. So they're not really impacted by inflation like the rest of us, because a lot of them don't have a car payment. They don't have insurance payment. They don't pay for their own food because they live in their mom's basement. And I'm not saying that disparagingly. It just, it is what it is, right? And they don't have a house payment. They don't have a mortgage payment. They don't have a rent payment. So if their wages go up, that's just gravy. That's more disposable income. Where when other people's wages go up, if their expenses go up at a higher rate, then they have less disposable income. So what do they do with that disposable income? They go out and do what young people do. They go to bars, restaurants, they travel. Therefore, those entities that are receiving all those dollars, the disposable income coming from the young people, put out more and more jobs. Well, who are they hiring? Those young people <laughs> that are giving them the disposable income in the first place. So you see how it's all kind of incestuous. So what happens if the disposable income goes away from the young people, then the entities that are benefiting from that additional disposable income, they stop hiring. And if they stop hiring, then those young people have fewer jobs, less disposable income. And then it's this feedback loop where it gets worse and worse and worse. The less disposable income, the fewer jobs, the fewer jobs, the less disposable income. So then the question becomes, okay, well, what could negatively impact that disposable income? Ah, student loans having to be repaid. I think that is something we really need to pay attention to. Let's keep going. Next key talking point, unexpected jump in payrolls comes despite more than a year's worth of Federal Reserve interest rate increases. So this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. I just discussed this with Patrick Brees briefly on the last live stream. The Fed continues to stick to the Phillips curve. And the Phillips curve, most of you know this from watching my videos, or you just know this from Econ 101 or whatever, is this idea that there's a direct relationship, a causal relationship between the unemployment rate and inflation, consumer prices. So if the unemployment rate is low, then that means the price pressure is going to increase and vice versa. If the unemployment rate goes up, then consumer prices come down. So the Fed sits there and say, well, oh my gosh, how do we got a unemployment rate, 3.5%. Historic low going back to the 1960s. We've got to do something about that or we can never bring down inflation. But wait a minute. Let's, let's think about this for a minute. We know that the unemployment rate has been going like this for the last, let's say, year or even more than that. 
I mean, obviously, since the cerveza sickness, but it's been coming down over the last year. Okay, great. So what has inflation been doing over the last, call it, six months? In fact, let's do this. Let's go to a chart, and I'm going to have to pull that up, but it's going to be worth our time. We're going to go to month over month CPI, and hopefully we can go right to the BLS and pull this. Actually, we can just go to trading economics. That's good enough. So if we go back to July of 2022, so basically a year, like we said, the unemployment rate has been doing this to the point where we're now at multi-decade lows. Therefore, if the Phillips curve was correct, you should see inflation skyrocket because, of course, there's this inverse relationship. But we have seen the exact opposite. We have seen the unemployment rate go lower. But what has happened to month-over-month inflation? We've gone from 1.2%. I don't know if you guys can see that, but that would be June, all the way down to where we were last month at 0.1. How is this possible? If the Phillips curve is a thing, if it has predictive powers, then what are we doing here? A, it was completely debunked in the 1970s, but even now it's still being debunked. Like I said, we should expect inflation to go higher when the unemployment rate goes lower but we've seen the complete opposite. We've seen disinflation. So why is the Fed still thinking, oh my gosh, I, I've got to raise interest rates. Oh, I've got, oh, I've got to raise interest rates. We, we got to get inflation lower. We got to get inflation lower. And the only way to do that is unemployment rate higher. Are they not just looking at this? <laughs> like, this is common sense. This, it's called Google, Jerome Powell. It's really, really simple. You don't need 900 PhDs for it. I'm just some schmuck on YouTube. Never taken an econ class, never taken a finance class, almost flunked out of high school. Yet in 30 seconds, I can just pull this up and do some just basic, basic, basic analysis and say, yeah, that Phillips curve thing, it isn't very accurate at all. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. All right, let's get back to the article. U.S. labor market showed no signs of letting up in June. As Look, at the, no signs of letting up. What is that even? Okay, fine. So it's not letting up. Why does that matter to anything else? It doesn't matter to inflation. It does shouldn't matter to the Fed. Okay, fine. The, the, there's more jobs for kids who are living in their parents' basements. Awesome. Annual pay rose at 6.4%. Represented continues slowing and nonetheless still is indicative of brewing inflationary pressures. 
<laughs> yes. Look at all of these brewing inflationary pressures. Look at, oh my gosh, you can see it in the chart. Look at all of these inflationary pressures just brewing right here. We've gone from 1.2 months over a month down to 0.1. And by the way, let's just think this through into next month because we have base effects, right? So we get the number coming out for June inflation because this 0.1 is as of May. That's the last report that we have, the last number. So next month, July, or excuse me, this month, in a couple days here, we're going to get the numbers for June. So this bar, this 1.2, will fall off, gone. So we're going to go from a 1.2 down to a zero, and we're going to add whatever we get for the month of June. Now, let's just assume for a moment that we get the same number that we got in May. A point one. So now, I, and if you think about why inflation went up in the first place, basically stimmy checks and uh, supply chain disruptions, it, it, did we get like way more stimmy checks in the last month? No, same. So why would, why would we expect anything really out of the ordinary? So let's just assume it's another point one. So we lose a 1.2 and we gain a point one, which would be a decrease of 1.1. So just roughly... It, it's, 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 there's a very high probability that when the new numbers come out here in a, a week or a couple weeks for June, that the headline CPI will go from 4% down to near 3%, maybe even under 3%. Then now let's juxtapose that with this article where they say that the, uh, oh, that this is indicative of brewing inflationary pressures. Where, where are these brewing inflationary pressures if the headline CPI is at 3%, like what are you even talking about? This doesn't make sense. And, and, and what they're implying is that the low unemployment rate facilitates these brewing inflationary pressures. But look at the past year, and it completely defeats their entire argument. So this Nella Richardson, chief economist at ADP, says consumer-facing service industries, you mean the ones that young people, where young people spend money, <laughs> that have more disposable income, aligning to push job creation for those same young people, higher than expected. Right, right. But what we're doing here is we've got a, uh, uh, I forgot what they call it, but you've got a point, a, a stress point that is consolidated. And therefore, if that one stress point flips, then it's like a, a Jenga puzzle. The whole thing falls down. I think it's called a singular point of failure is what I, Josh, does that sound right to you? Yeah, I, I think it does. Okay. What, look that up for me real quick. I'm just curious. Okay. Let's keep going here. But wage growth continues to ebb in these same industries and hiring likely cresting after late cycle surge. And one of the things that Patrick pointed out very well in that last live stream is that every single time you go into recession, unemployment is almost always at a, at a, at a cycle low for sure. And then it doesn't really change until you're, you're neck deep in the recession. Other industries seeing solid gains, including education, health services, natural resources, mining, and others. Manufacturing, oh great, lost 42,000 jobs. Well, that's good. So much for the onshoring deal. <laughs> I'm always very skeptical of that quote-unquote onshoring kind of narrative. Uh, it'd be nice, but in practice, it's actually very difficult to do. And so manufacturing financial activities these saw declines. Great. So we've got the low-paying jobs skyrocket, the high-paying jobs decline, 
And the middle paying jobs kind of right in the middle, well, right in the middle <laughs> of the job uh, numbers, let's say. Yeah, and here we go. Companies with fewer than 50 employees were responsible for most of the job growth, as you would expect, it's all bars and restaurants. Firms with more than 500 employees lost 8,000 jobs, while midsize. So again, let's think this through. Which companies are going to be more cognizant of macro conditions? The ones with under 50 employees or the ones with over 500 Right. So let's think about the type of businesses that are over 500. These are the businesses that are selling things, right? Obviously services, but they're also selling stuff where most of the, not all obviously, but most of the businesses that are under 50 employees are pretty much selling one of two things, alcohol or food. And I, I understand that that's not all by, by any stretch, but that that's, I would say the majority of them. So these companies that are selling alcohol and food are, are they cognizant of the bullwhip effect? Do they understand the inversion of the yield curve? Do, do they know, are they staying, are they privy to these ideas, these concepts? Maybe some of them are, but most of them aren't. They're not that sophisticated when it comes to finance or macro or economics. So they just think that this increase in demand is just going to be there forever, forever and ever and ever. So higher, 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 where these, so in their world, that boots on the ground intel is telling them that the economy's on fire. But every other business that might be more sophisticated, their on the ground, their boots on the ground intel is telling them that the economy is going into the toilet. And those are the ones that are laying people off. So my point here, and I know I'm overgeneralizing just so we kind of get our head around this, but the point is if the yield curve is correct, which I think it is, there's going to be kind of an aha moment for these employers that are selling alcohol and food or travel. And it's going to happen very, very quickly where they just wake up one morning and demand has just completely fallen off a cliff. And then they can no longer hire. They actually have to start firing. And once they start firing, that impacts the disposable income of the people that are going there in the first place that have had a double whammy of negative disposable income because now not only does their revenue decrease, but also their expenses increase from the form of those student loan payments. So we got to, we've got to watch this very, very carefully, but this is exactly what you would expect going into a recession. This is, it should not be a surprise to anyone unless you're someone in the mainstream media that doesn't know any better, or maybe you work at the Fed. And what I told Patrick is what I'd like to leave you guys with. You've got to make a decision here because you're getting conflicting data. And to put it in its simplest terms, you've got two options. Either you're gonna believe the unemployment numbers or you're going to believe the yield curve. Just pick one that you think is correct. If you think it's the unemployment rate, if you think you do your homework, your research, and you determine that that usually predicts what's going to happen in the future, that that's a leading indicator, then go ahead and place your bets on the current unemployment rate. But what you're going to find is that that's a lagging indicator. And a leading indicator is the yield curve, which is telling us that that unemployment rate is going to be going down, or excuse me, that unemployment rate is going to be going up in the very near future. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. 